hey, Mark, Tiffany, Chris, I just really want to apologize. Uh, I had kind of accused you guys earlier of stealing my food from the shared refrigerator. And uh, turns out it wasn't you. Wasn't, wasn't you three. So you guys are off the hook. But it was certainly someone. So. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction. Where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories. Some are real. Some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond Beyond Belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 24. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris Newth. Hey guys. Kyle Maddock. That's a fact. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. Uh... <laughs> you can't just point. That's not he an pointed, intro line. You pointed right at me. It was a high in that American was a throw. Sign In my head, was it was uh, and then you just cut me off. But then I realized you wouldn't just cut me off. We didn't rehearse Jesse's any not of this. Rude. Uh, today we're reviewing season three episode. Wait, no, no, hold, back it up and redo the intro. <laughs> no, we're not going to redo the intro until you decide There's... an intro line for yourself that you like enough, Mark. I can't figure it out. Everyone's taking the good intro. There's so many intros. You what, can go give different, me another like, intro. Go, Bonjour. Yeah. No, that's so yellow. What's up? <laughs> not gonna know. Uh, both of those. Okay, are we're horrible. not doing the what's up. That's what's so 1999. I know. It's like retro. It's like how like you, nostalgia's really in doing? right now. No, oh. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Today we're reviewing <laughs> season three, episode five of Beyond Belief: Factor Fiction. And if you guys don't know what this is, it was a TV show in the late 1990s, hosted by Jonathan Frakes. It featured five stories that defied explanation. Some of them were based on real events; others, totally fake. In our show, we're going to try to figure out which are fact, which are fiction, and we love you guys, the listeners, to play along with us. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is if you like strange stories you'll like our show. We'll summarize the stories, make our own predictions, and at the end, we'll find out the truth together. Mark, do you want hey, do Chris. you want to hear my <laughs> What's up? No wait, Mark, I wa- I- I'm doing a slide. I mean, there are three <laughs> of Oh, Tiffany's us here, here too. Where there's oh, more okay. people. Chris, I'm here as well. Yeah. Hey, Mark, do you want to hear my <laughs> do you want to hear my suggestion for your intro? I'd love to. Hi, my name is Mark and it's nice to meet you. Feels a little forced. What if we Try all it. did that? Chris News. Hi, my name is Chris. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Kyle Maddock. Hi, my name's Kyle. It's nice to meet you. Tiffany Persifka. Hi, my name's Tiffany, and it's nice to meet you. And Mark Wahlberg. Hey there. Okay. God, God damn, damn it. it. Mark, Mark. Oh, you know you were supposed right. to, the, the whole thing, the whole idea here. Today, we're reviewing <laughs> season three, episode five of Deja Vu, man. <laughs> Let's just get to these stories because they are ridiculous. The stories are crazy. We're, we're recording pretty late tonight, you guys. <laughs> That's be? becoming a running theme. It is yeah. 10.48 p.m. <laughs> Speaking of late and themes, we did have a theme in this episode. We did have a oh, theme, yeah. and this Whoa. was the, my favorite theme. I, I wrote it, it down. Hold on. Oh, it's a good well, one. we didn't find out about the theme until the second commercial break. Frakes never said anything. Yeah, the announcer this. was like, hey, we'll be right back with our episode all about dreams and revenge well there yeah. you go. that's right that's right dreams I, which, and revenge which was so funny to me because that's kind the, of like saying animals and construction <laughs> like yeah. you can't just say two separate well, unconnected things and call that the theme i'm looking forward to bananas and rocks you know that's season four man <laughs> 
Shit gets worse. real. Skip it ahead. Uh, th- yeah, this scene was crazy. And the stories, I mean, there was one story in particular where we all just like kind of threw our pads of paper on the ground <laughs> and we're like, well, we're, th- there's no notes to be taken. It was the best. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I've never been more excited to talk about something. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive into the stories today. Story number one is called The Nightmare. I hated to spoil our idyllic lifestyle with my neurotic dreams, but I had to share my fears with Brian. It was too upsetting to envision the man I loved being murdered night after night. I just couldn't keep it to myself. Morning, Andy. Morning, Mr. Wilkins. Garden looks beautiful. That's my job. Kyle, like within the first five seconds of this story, goes, holy shit, murder at the polo game. <laughs> Chris, what happened in this story? So this one is about a woman named Deborah who's married to Brian. They're a couple. Deborah's having a, a horrific nightmares. It's actually the same nightmare. It's the groundskeeper at their mansion murdering Brian with a knife in the polo court. They're very rich. They're ve- they're a very uh, opulent couple. And she tells him, listen, you have to fire the groundskeeper because he's the one who murders you in my dream. And he kind of goes along with it because he, you know, wants to make Deborah happy, fires the guy. Anyway, he's going out in the polo court. His horse jumps up, scares Brian into falling backwards into a bush. And in the bush, he's impaled by the hedge trimmers that the gardener left there when he was fired. There you go. So basically, this woman has a dream, foretells of a murderer. The guy fires the supposed murderer and ends up causing a chain reaction that ends up killing him anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of like Final Destination in the it way that like... It feels like so many of those where they try to prevent something yeah. and they end up causing it. Right. This kind of boils down to, and I think Frank said this in the episode, the host of Beyond Belief said, can dreams predict the future we all know that i believe this i do not i think what happened i think the brain jumbles things up in the order at which it perceives events happening and i think that you can have some seed of a dream in your mind and then when something happens it can click into the reverse order and you like deja vu like you really haven't been there before but you feel like yeah, you, you have, have in your dreams <laughs> Well, I mean, again, no, you haven't. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of with you there, Mark. I kind of, I've always sort of believed that dreams might foretell the future as well. In terms of the ghostly rules, if I may uh, step in. What ghostly that. rules? Oh, he'll shoehorn them in whenever you least expect it, <laughs> or whenever you most expect it, which is every time on the show. Yeah. <laughs> what about the horsely rules? Oh, <laughs> you remember that? mystery. Oh. Anything with a horse, I go fast. I'm sorry. Was... You said the horsely rules? <laughs> no, not that kind of horse. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you heard the horsely there, there, rules? There <laughs> what, it's like a oh horse with God. rabies? <laughs> I'm a horse. Okay, okay. <laughs> it has rabies. Shoot it. Put Here's it out of its say. misery. I believe in dreams foretelling the future, but what I don't believe is how could a man stab a bush with hedges and then a person fall on the blade of the hedge. No yeah, one. He, he puts... would have to stab the hedges, blunt in, handles okay. in. All right, all right, hold on. Unless he 
um, was on one side of the bush, stabbed it into the side of the bush. No one does that. And then the really guy was far. standing on the other side. Well, it was a little tiny. It wasn't a thick bush. That's true. It was a tiny <laughs> so bush. So then he was just on the other side. So it wasn't Small a handle. Well, I mean, guys, this is what happened. This woman wanted to steal her husband's money. And Here so they concocted go. this whole plan. And then when the police arrived, she was like, I don't know. The shears must have been left in the bush. I and had it just, a dream. Oh, she a dream. murdered him. Yeah. She set it up. Was she with the groundskeeper? <laughs> I will God, say this. I hope that's a weird couple. <laughs> I love how smart and savvy the groundskeeper was in this episode. You yeah. know, he's making up a lie because he doesn't yeah. want to say, uh, my wife had a dream about you murdering me. He goes, uh, you know, I don't really have the money. We're falling on hard times. And the guy gives him a hard time. He's like, I've been working for you for 20 years. And he's like, look, I'll cut a deal. Like, I'll give you a six month severance and, you know, and, you know references. and references. And he goes, oh, you can't afford to keep me, but you can afford to give me six months severance. And it's like, holy shit. And I was like, oh, good on you, buddy. <laughs> and then yeah. he says, I don't need your stinking references, but I do need your stinking severances. <laughs> Chris, yeah. Chris just like blushes and just kind of like shakes his head. No, he didn't. No, he didn't, <laughs> nice to he didn't say it. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to predictions. I don't need your stinking references, but I do need your stinking predictions. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. First up, Chris. <laughs> Fact or fiction? That's what you. Get. I think it's. Uh, you know, I totally believe that this could be a thing, but I just don't think this specific thing happened. Fiction. Mark? This just seems so delicious. It's like, it's so writery. Fiction. It's so tempting. That delicious chocolatey story. Kyle? Do I believe that a woman could dream about someone she cared about being injured and then they were injured? Absolutely. Fact. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Doesn't mean it happened, though. Okay. I'll go next. Can someone dream about a tragedy and that tragedy happens, but not in the exact same way? That's even more believable that she kind of dreamed a vague version of this event <laughs> and then it actually happened. However, I'm getting caught up on the hedge trimmers in the bush. But because I think that, I'm going to go fact. That was the most indirect confusing. you were like just say something really simple and then your your yeah, prediction off, off air is what he tells he lectures us about he being produces there. us like everybody guys, gets one you gotta get a you gotta get your message out in a really simple way and then just say fact or fiction and then you're like guys and sorry then you interrupted me i'm not done and because i said fact he's turning the page he has another page guys no i'm going fact yeah. tiffany what do you think um i'm also starting to think that this sounds more like a fact one in the beyond belief space. I'm going to say fact. All right. We've all predicted, except there is one more prediction that we like to do, which is the prediction of random chance. I'm going to flip a coin. If it's heads, the coin is going to predict fact. If it's tails, the coin is going to predict fiction. And the only reason we do this is to see if all of our brain power can actually be outsmarted by a coin. And as we find in season two overall, I tied with the coin. <laughs> so it can happen depressingly uh, so. So let's flip a coin, and at the end of the show, we'll reveal all the story results and how we all did. All right, the coin's going to vote fiction. Let's go ahead and move on to our second story of the night, which is called The Stalker. What's that, sweetheart? It's a compact daddy gave me. He told me we'd always be together. If I just looked inside... What, what's wrong? I just get these bad feelings sometimes. 
think Jeffrey's going to come back. Rena, I told you, he's never going to bother know, us again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that Jeffrey ever happened, baby. This episode features Dr. David Blowshit. <laughs> That's what I heard. Okay, you cannot say his name on our podcast. Uh, Mark, what happened in this story? We have a mother and her daughter, Rena. The dad has passed away a long time ago. Rena really misses him. He gave her a compact uh, with a picture of him inside. And this is like the one thing she has of her father. Um, there was this guy named Jeffrey that the mom dated, but he was horrible and abusive and now was finally in jail. And Rena's very nervous that Jeffrey's going to come out of the jail and come for her and come for her mom. So one day she's sitting there looking at the compact and in the reflection, she sees Jeffrey and she freaks out. Of course, Jeffrey is not there. And then later, the mom sees a weird light travel through the ceiling and into the dresser and she goes and looks in the dresser and there's the compact and she opens it and in the reflection is Jeffrey and he actually did escape from jail and he's there and he goes after her but then Rena runs in grabs the compact blinds Jeffrey and the mom grabs a vase and smashes it over Jeffrey's head I think maybe killing him uh, unclear no unclear. no 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 because a uh, cops came and brought him to oh, the yeah. same That's jail right. that he escaped very right. clear Mark very, very clear, clear. <laughs> could I dream it and then could it happen right I didn't even she, know what a compact was until. Well, it's. it's no. <laughs> Please, can we? Tiffany, the rest can of the, you explain it to the me? The rest of the podcast being four guys just trying to figure out what a compact <laughs> is. What? All of our, our Does it have email makeup is in there, it. Yeah, when is there I like think a little of, brush in when there? I think of a compact, I think of a <laughs> circular rouge. That's what I always picture. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they're usually rouge. Yeah, I have like Correct a. I think it's like wrong. a skin tone powder. Thing. Yes, you have that little circle on my cheeks. That's what I picture. Kyle and I are in sync on this. Sometimes, sometimes you. I've done theater. Yeah. Sometimes you can keep your stickers in there. I am a member of the theater. (laughs) Guys, I am neither confirming nor denying anything because I never want you to fully know the answer. (laughs) This conversation never ends. The compact in the context of this story is a gigantic locket on yeah. one side is a mirror on the other side is a picture of her father and it's about the size of like an old fashioned cigarette case and it has magical powers and it also every time they use the the I almost said locket again every time they use the compact anytime in the episode they always have this sound effect and I wrote it down wing 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 this is a befuddling episode. Can a locket predict for you is, is an that impending what it did? danger? It predicted yeah. that Jeffrey was returning? Well, it either predicted I, it or I, she actually saw him and he ran off. Yeah, he could have easily ducked out of the way. Yeah, but then, the but then there's that beat where afterwards the mom called and was assured that he was in the jail. Unless oh, that's right. Twins. That's right. But here's what I also think we all may have missed. The mom goes, how did you get out of jail? And he goes, well, I gotta tell you, it's not that hard when you have a goo. <laughs> and I was like, I'll wait. I'll take your references <laughs> and your severances. <laughs> but I legitimately, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and I, I totally I, missed how I, he got out of jail. I turned to Chris and Chris just kind of shrugged and I was like, okay. You know, I mean, you know what it was? He jumped in the laundry bin and it didn't go to another prison. <laughs> it went outside to her It house. went outside, yeah. So I was really kind of on board with this story. Until the weird lights started like flickering around the room from nowhere, where I was just like, "What is going on?" Like it just started yeah, losing provide, all credibility. For well, me. to to provide some kind of credibility is 
It could easily be just something shook and the wi- some windows shook when a door slammed and then that caused the light to flicker on the ceiling. You know what I mean? I know. And, and that, all I the way down to the dresser to the exact drawer that the compact was hidden in. Okay, some was embellished. But it's also yeah. very but confusing. was the compact in there? Because yeah. the yeah. daughter picked it up off the ground moments later. Because no, she, she, so she picks up the locket. Compact. It's a Com- well, you didn't explain what a fucking compact was, <laughs> Tiffany, so we don't know the difference. I don't take it back. I just don't get it because when she actually opens up the compact and sees Jeffrey behind her. Lock it. Got it. <laughs> the, the, you know, and then she turns around and Jeffrey's there and he's pretty much like, give me some sugar, honey. And he like goes after her. She's like, get off me. I don't know. Did you it, need the locket? She would have heard him and turned. Well, like, it's we so can confusing. also say compact, that sorry. basically what happens is that the guy, the ex-boyfriend breaks in and is thwarted by the daughter just shining light yeah. from the compact into so, his eyes. He falls over and like land and then the, and then and then the mom smashes him in yeah. the head. So like could we said, a home so, invasion be prevented by shining a light in a guy's eyes? Correct. That but is would, the kernel of truth would here. Would they find that story? Because like what's yeah, that's if that's a kernel of truth, do the writers see this story and then decide to make an episode out of it? It's so Yeah, that's a weird one. You would do much better. I, I, I really wanted uh because the like the magic light was coming out, I really wanted them to open the compact and the lights come out of the dad's eyes like Cyclops oh. or something like that. <laughs> Red-eyed father. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to predictions. Chris, what do you think? Fact or fiction? I kind of feel that there is something off about the story. I kind of agree with Tiffany on this one. And for the second time this show, I'm going to go against my instinct, believing that it could happen and say it could, but it didn't. Fiction. Tiffany. You know, as much as it feels weirdly specific, it also just feels so writery to me. Fiction. Kyle? Do I believe a home invasion could have been thwarted by blinding a dude with bright light? Yes, I do. But I don't believe this story. <laughs> Fiction. Mark? I don't know how or why writers would come up with this idea, but I also don't know how they would read about it. So, <laughs> Fiction. All right, I'll go last. It's incredibly difficult to break out of jail. And it seems... I know, I've tried. <laughs> I've broken out tonight. <laughs> And then set up all the podcast equipment. Invited us over. And then made it public. Got some Chipotle. <laughs> Guys, we've got to get through this episode. I've only got five minutes until the police show up. <laughs> I think that breaking out of jail is such a writer trope. Fiction. All right. Let's go ahead and flip a coin. Heads is fact. So the coin's going to predict fact, and we're going to move on to story number three, which is called The Impossible. <laughs> car dream Such a i'm sorry what title. the impossible car dream the impossible yeah. car dream. the impossible car dream or is it the impossible car dream no that's not how the phrase is. no the, the phrase no, is the, the phrase that we all know dream. and love and grew up with is the impossible car dream that night ronnie would have the strangest dream of his life looking for a used car my friend just one dollar buys this beauty. That's right. One dollar drives this car off. No down payment. No finance terms. Just one dollar. One dollar. One dollar. Strap yourself in for a story of tax deduction. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the Phantom Menace. Let's talk about trades, everybody. Yeah, if you guys a- are yeah. operating heavy machinery or driving late at night, turn this podcast off now. Hey, I can make it. <laughs> I can make it interesting, sort of. Let's, let's see what happens here. <laughs> Tiffany. 
Um, so we're following an accountant, Bob, who's fired by his evil boss, Mr. Cutler, for not lying on Mr. Cutler's taxes. Bob tells his wife, Susan, and son, Ronnie. And Ronnie's particularly upset because he was promised a car going into school. And with his dad out of work, he won't be able to afford it. Then that night, Ronnie has a very long and drawn out dream sequence of him stumbling across a classified ad for a car that is on sale for $1. So anyway, he wakes up the next day, he's telling his parents about this dream. And they're like, no one's going to sell a car for a dollar. But then he sees the classified ads and he sees the ad for the car, forces his mom to drive him there. And it's not a scam, though. Woman sells him the car. His mom is dumbfounded, but then it's revealed that the car was originally owned by Mr. Cutler, and his wife was the woman who sold it to Ronnie because she was angry about Mr. Cutler having an affair with a younger woman. There you go. So can a dream predict the future yet again? (laughs) And help you get revenge. And help you get revenge. It's a two for one, really. (laughs) So really, the theme is dreams and revenge. Okay. So yeah, this dream leads the kid to getting a car that the uh, his dad's boss wife Mm -hmm. set up to get back at the boss. So it's all part of the plan. Some of these things all have the same basic, I don't know, plot line or something, and just some are not real and some are. So in this case, this is one of those, this one just seems more believable to me than the others. Because it's all coincidence. I mean, this is purely just a coincidence-based thing, and I get it. Oh, it's so weird for a car to be sold for a dollar, but that could be the embellished part. It's like, it could just be, oh, I had a dream about this really cool car, sees a classified ad, goes to the place, and it happens to be cheap. I mean, I... Right, and to go to Mark's point the last time... Isn't this an example of a story that you think would be read in a newspaper? Oh, a kid buys a car for a dollar and it ends up being the, you know, the woman who's getting back at her husband by selling it for a dollar. I am kind of held up with how the story got out there. It doesn't seem like something that would, for me, be reported on in any way. I mean, maybe in like a small local newspaper, but even then it seems like a kind of feels like local TV news if maybe. They, if something. You know, yeah. like I could see this and coming up next at eleven, the kid who got his car for a dollar. Yeah. And what's in your hamburger that you don't know will kill you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's count maybe. mystery. Oh no. Count, count mystery. Don't <laughs> do that to me, Mark. You know uh, how much I yeah. care about Someone's mystery. been eating the IKEA meatballs. I uh, mm-hmm. wait, what are you talking about? Don't eat the meatballs. Why? Anyway, what were you gonna say? Um, <laughs> I think is the kernel of truth take away the dream or maybe the dream is just he he really wants a car. So he was dreaming about cars. You know, he probably didn't dream the whole classified thing. Um, Definitely not. And then everything else is just coincidence. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what I said. Hmm. It sounds like Mark made a really good point. Yeah, yeah. I do. Often, thank Man, you. Man, you're, you're gonna edit out the part which I said it earlier, and then I'm gonna. Anyways, like a um, <laughs> the kid in this episode. <laughs> how old was he? Wait, there was a kid in this episode. Exactly. Like realistically, thirty six. Yeah, the dad's fired from work and he gets home and he's like, what's wrong, dad? And then I wanted the dad to say, I'm still upset about your genetic condition where you grow twice as fast as a normal person and you've surpassed my own age. (laughs) Also, I lost my job, so I can't pay for your treatment. (laughs) And I'm annoyed that you're retiring next year and I'm not. (laughs) 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 Tiffany's so annoyed in this episode when the dream keeps cycling over and over and over. And then it's just like repeating like, one dollar, one dollar. No down payment. No down payment. For a used car, my friend, well, just one dollar finds this beauty. That's right. One dollar drives this car off. No down payment. No finance terms. Just one dollar. One dollar. One dollar. One dollar. This can be yours. 
No down payment. No down payment. I murdered you, Robert. I know, exactly. No down payment, Robert. Well, and then it's great because it cuts back to like Ronnie sleeping. Apparently, they have to keep cutting back to remind us why we're watching this dream sequence. Okay, can we talk about the who told this story aspect one more time? I just want to ask, who pieced this story together? That's the thing. Yeah. The newspaper, the dream, but the, the family never found out that it was the the boss. We never see them find Cor- that correct. out. Correct. That's why that's the part added by the writers. Prediction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll go first, guys. So do I believe that this happened? No, 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 no. Too many threads in this story that I don't think could have gotten out there. So I'm going to vote fiction. Tiffany, you're up next. I was actually kind of hoping you wouldn't go for me because I started off again thinking fact on this. Totally coincidence. I could see it. But now I'm starting to think, is this one of the ones that's so simple that they put it out there thinking that people would... The double bluff. I, I, it might be the double bluff. Um, so I'm actually going to go against my first instinct again, and I'm going to also say fiction. Mark. I'm going to really stick with my coincidence equals fact theory. And um, go fact. Chris. Yeah, this one sounds like a possible card dream. Fact. <laughs> Damn it. Kyle. When this one started off with really boring tax information, I said, fact. Um, (laughs) Fact. Let's flip a coin. Fiction. All right. We've all put in our predictions. Let's go ahead on to story number four, which is called The Dresser. What are you doing to my troops? These aren't your troops, Gerald. They're just plastic dummies. You know what you are, Craig? You're a miserable, two-faced little suck-up. Yeah, but I got your job, old man. You back off, Gerald, or I'll call security. Quote of this episode, what are you doing to my troops? (laughs) Talking about inanimate objects. (laughs) Yeah, let's clarify where this is set because it's not... It's not anywhere near an army or military. <laughs> this was the most says, ridiculous story we've ever covered, and we've covered some some wacky t- some, some wacky, wacky tabakis. Yeah. This is crazier oh, you than have octopus. never done a drug in your life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a story of a chief decorator at a retail clothing store. His name is Gerald, and his new assistant Craig is a total backstabber, working to take him down. He actually does take him down. He goes to the head boss and says, "You know, boss." Gerald's kind of an idiot. And the boss, being even more of an idiot, (laughs) just hears his assistant say this and goes, all right, well, uh, I guess I'll fire Gerald, who's been working here for years. (laughs) It's a very strange setup. And so Gerald says, what are you doing to my troops? Referencing (laughs) Craig disassembling all the mannequins and doing some kind of new age art project with them. So Gerald leaves and Craig is setting up this new spring fling window display. The boss comes in the next day. Boom. It's gone. All the mannequins are disappeared. And he's like, wait, I, I did all this. I I had it all here. And he's like, Oh, it must've been Gerald. Gerald came in the middle of the night. And the boss says, I don't care. Just get it done. It's the goddamn spring. It's the spring (laughs) fling. Do you think this is Christmas? Fuck no. It's the spring fling. I gave you the spring fling account. Yeah, this is our biggest account. And this is where it gets exciting, you guys. He goes in to recreate the display and then proceeds to get attacked by all the mannequins. 
I'm literally, the mannequins start kicking him in the leg. You gotta pause right now. Find this episode. <laughs> Please flip your tape over to side two. <laughs> yeah, you've gotta check this out. The mannequins start, like, throwing their arms at him. It's slapping all kind of... Him. Yeah, slapping, slapping him. slapping him. They're kicking him. Yeah. yeah, and no visual effects. I mean, this is just very practically Someone done. holding <laughs> off screen, so, yeah. slapping his leg. Long story short, Craig is fired, and Gerald is hired back, and the spring fling display is gorgeous (laughs) yeah no by the end what do you call that when like everything's resolved like everything's resolution oh order was restored at that mall (laughs) that's really what the phrase you were looking for how are we supposed to get there (laughs) this was classic beyond belief at its best crazy but if it's fact it's gonna be oh, like that red-eyed so, woman. I'm gonna be so mad. Yeah. yeah. How could this be fact? What, what, right. Let's, right. Let's, let's, let's figure it out. That How a guy this... backstabs his boss, gets him fired, and is not ready to actually take on the job. Like a window display seems so he, easy. So he creates a fictional story. He creates about a fictional story. Like he no basically way. has a panic. Room man no, but he has a panic attack trying to get this window display up, and he realizes it's so much more work than it looks. And either makes up this story or has an actual panic attack and is as believes that his uh, the mannequins are attacking mm-hmm. him, and then that story just gets out. This is so nuts and crazy. Is it going to be one of those ones that is true? Because I get those wrong every time. To fiction, to be fiction, TFTBF. I mean, did anyone else think of the Twilight Zone? Absolutely. Of course. It's one of the best best episodes of the Twilight Zone. And I wrote this in my notes. I said, I think the writers saw the mannequin episode of the Twilight Zone and then did an homage story based on it. That's what my guess is. But isn't that so obvious? And that one happened after hours. I mean, it's called the after hours. Did anyone hear like it was like the saddest line of the whole segment where he, you know, Gerald blatantly talked about how these mannequins were his only friends. Like he didn't have any other friends. They would hot friends too <laughs> oh they were very sad were there was one naked. mannequin that was very like it was weird who said it at the end yeah, it was like okay, emphasis so, on so, the man so uh, right? the mannequin they panned like all the mannequins at the very end and the last one looked like what's, what was the Craig was the assistant Craig was the assistant the mannequins panned and then it stuck on the last one and I could swear it looked like Craig like Craig and yeah you said like wait did he get turned into a mannequin yes. and I was like this story just got even better. Oof. I was hoping that they, but they didn't I really talk about that. I don't think that's what happened because I think the idea was that that was kind of, what happened? No, just saying, I don't think that's what happened because that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a valid excuse, but you have some other reason. I do have, a, I do have actually a reason. Uh, it, throughout the episode, when the mannequins start attacking the sky, um, you always see, that one mannequin we're talking about, the mannequin in question. Right, he's um, already there. He's the one who's so always kind of a ringleader. that's why he couldn't have been turned so into a mannequin. That's why, yeah. Because that mannequin reason. was already there. That's he's the right only there. reason, yeah. Let's go ahead on to predictions. First up, Chris. I really do believe that this one was based on an homage to the Twilight Zone. So I'm going to go fiction. Mark. I love this one so much. Fact. Kyle. In the long line of fictional mannequin stories like the twilight zone the after hours mannequin and mannequin two on the move (laughs) i'm gonna go fiction on this one (laughs) big mannequin fan over here Mm -hmm. tiffany yeah i I think i'm gonna go with a two fiction to be fiction sort of rule. So i'm gonna oh wait no i did that wrong I want to say fiction. <laughs> so you want to go to, to fiction to be fact. fact. Yeah, sorry. There, we have way too many phrases on this podcast. A lot of F words on this um, podcast. To, oh, you're talking about TFTBF, not TFTBF. <laughs> Get it right. Exactly. 
<laughs> Whatever, fix it. Oh man, again. <laughs> That's the death horn coming back. <laughs> That's the elephant we had that other episode. <laughs> They're all coming back. I'll go next and last. And I will say, for some reason, mannequins are cool fictional things to write about. Fiction. Let's go ahead and flip a coin. Fiction. All right. The coin's predicting fiction. We've all made our predictions. Let's go ahead on to the fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called The Burial. All right. You have my full attention. Oh, Harry, it's all so beautiful. It's all the latest fashions from Paris. Look at this one. This is my favorite. There. What do you think? I think that that hat is lucky to have your pretty head to sit up on. Oh, Harry. Why are you so good to me? Who knew that Daniel Day-Lewis would do a cameo on Beyond Belief? But ladies and gentlemen, it's happened. Incredible. Our the own, Phantom Thread. Our own Phantom Thread episode. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. Well, I don't think anyone has. You're what? not going to get any of our commentary then. All was, right. Well, I'm going to take a nap, guys. Unfortunately, Kyle's the one giving the recap. So, <laughs> Kyle, please let us know what happened. <laughs> Let us know what happened and please imbue all of your recap with as many details from the Phantom Thread as you can. Okay, I'll try, guys. So we are somewhere in the south in the year 1806. A cavalry commander is returning home to his beautiful young 26-year-old wife, Anne, who uh, has given him three children, who we never see. So (laughs) So Anne gets sick. Anne dies. They have a funeral for Anne. Everybody shows up, everybody leaves, husband stays, he's the last one there. All of a sudden, wait, there's noise in the coffin. He opens it up, Anne is alive. So he brings her back into the house, and then we learn that a year later, they give birth to a child, and that child is Robert E. Lee. Was Robert E. Lee's mother buried alive and then saved that's the question mm-hmm. the fact that she wasn't even buried. i mean they don't get her buried yet yeah. they don't get her, in the coffin to, she, yeah in the coffin she's, she's about, about to like, accidentally pronounced yeah. accidentally pronounced dead here's um, what i'll say i'm gonna be very open about this the stories that have been specific and historical tend to be fact tend to be yeah. fact so I wrote down fact very so, early so on. So we've had the Abraham Lincoln one. We had the World War II one with the Jeep. I both think. of those were, we, both of those course, were fact. We had the Hindenburg. Yeah. The Hindenburg. And, the, and the Titanic. And the sort Titan. Of. And then we had, yep. the, of course, the Houdini uh, one. Tiffany, you did the recap on that one, I believe. Oh, we did multiple times. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we also had uh, Pearl, the Pearl Harbor one. And they've all yeah, been facts, it's, it's, I think. It's hard. Well, to, I don't well, think it's going to be hard to go fiction. I don't on. think the... Um, Wait, I don't think the Hindenburg one was fact, right? Because that was that one was tin. definitely fiction. Yeah. That was definitely. Oh fiction. yeah, yeah. But they've tended to be fact, I think. Generally speaking, yes. And specifically, when like famous historical figures have been mentioned, you know, I think those. But that's also fiction. such an what? easy way for the writers to trick us. It is. Was the Death Horn fact? Because the Death Horn one was about them burying people and giving them a Death Horn so the, they could the Death blow Horn up. was fiction. So here's my here's my. Would they do this twice? Would they? Yeah. Well, not only that, but like, were they just on kind of a kick of like buried alive stories? I don't know. I actually didn't. I don't really see that that much. I mean, they're two very different. I mean, the oh. Death Horn one was pretty yeah, that's pretty right. out there. This one's pretty different. I and think- I think the idea of some of uh, someone or people being accidentally pronounced dead. 
during times before modern medicine. I mean, that's the really only common thread, and it's, that is a fact. It's dreams, revenge, and buried alive stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could also <laughs> see this one being sort of an urban legend about a southern hero. Yeah, who maybe. like oh Robert E. Lee, that man? Oh my God, he his mama died before he gave birth to her. B- yeah, birth it's like, to him. It's kind of, like kind of this, one of these sort like of this, the legend, the legend of Robert E. Lee. I will say the yeah. whole first half of this story, I had no idea what anyone was saying. It was a bu- it literally was a bunch of. <laughs> it was like Jeffrey. It was Wait. like, yeah, give me some sugar. I'm Robert gonna man. get out of prison, and I'm gonna oh, get out of prison. Robert it was literally <laughs> just a bunch of older men with mustaches mm-hmm. holding glasses of bourbon and mumbling about. I don't know money or <laughs> private parties. One of them one of them owned a newspaper, and he wanted the main character to write for. Oh, I own a newspaper. I was going to say, there was something about... I don't about... need your stinking references or your stinking <laughs> severances. This is a podcast about hearing your thoughts or ideas Hello about Hello and welcome to the stores. Southern Mound podcast. Oh, <laughs> Next up, Compacts. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, I did like how the whole point of this story was that this woman was accidentally pronounced dead. But what we really got from the first half of this story was that she liked pretty hats and he was an incredible writer that everybody <laughs> and so I was kind of just like you'd think that maybe you'd have a little bit more of, this is the husband of oh yeah of her, the, the husband the Daniel Day Lewis the Daniel Day Lewis character I mean sorry got, Kyle it's a, a Phantom Thread <laughs> reference <laughs> go, go, go we just got more context for his character or more backstory more, uh, sorry more compacts <laughs> lockets lockets predictions <laughs> I just wanted to point that out alright let's move on to predictions first up Kyle fact or fiction I gotta stick with it I like these stories I'm gonna go fact Mark you know, I think the writers are writing the story and researching the story, and that's where they get the idea for the Death Horn episode. That's <laughs> weird. No, it's just like you're like, I think the writers wrote this story. And they researched the story. Let me start over. I think they did their job. No, no, that was perfect. That was beautiful, Mark. So just wait, though, just give us a cherry so on top. So what you're you, voting your fact on this. I am voting fact. Okay. I'll go next. I'm also feeling like the fact-based historical trend is going to continue. So I'm going to go fact on this one. Tiffany. Fact. That's it. Short it, and sweet. I just, I just think it's fact. Chris. I believe this happened. And I believe that she shrunk down to the size of an ant before she <laughs> grew back to the normal size. Fact. That's true. <laughs> now, did we clarify in the episode what kind of coffin it was? Funeral okay, coffin. Thank Sorry. You. Let's flip a coin. Fact. All right, we've all made our predictions, and in a moment, we're going to find out which stories are fact and which stories are fiction. Stay with us. Hi, guys. Chris and Mark here at the Beyond Beyond Belief $1 used car lot. That's right. We're here at the Beyond Beyond Belief $1 used car lot, where every car is, you guessed it, $1, and they're going like hotcakes. Hey, Mark, why don't you show us what hotcake you got over there? Mm, Of course, Chris. Well, over here, we have a 1997 Ford Taurus in beautiful champagne. This one has a gorgeous cloth interior, also champagne. Is that leopard print I see? Uh, Nope. Those are just cigarette burns. Lots and lots of cigarette burns. Oh. 
Oh, and it doesn't run. Oh, I see. Completely dead, but there's a Phil Collins CD stuck in the player, and if you can get it out, you can probably sell that sucker on eBay for five bucks easily. So in a way, you're making money. I mean, that sounds like a great deal. Why don't you show us what you got over there, Chris? I would love to. Over here, we have a 1971 Ford Pinto. It's full of pep. It's full of spunk. Hey, what's that yellow stain over there, Chris? Oh, that's the spunk. Oh. But you'll love the spacious trunk room and sleek exterior design. It's the perfect car for joy rides. Just overlook the dead rat in the glove box. Yeah, I mean, besides the rat and pee step, uh, it kind of sounds like a steal. The deal is so good, you'll forget it was once owned by somebody who used to drain his abscesses in the back seat. Hmm, abscesses. I can relate. Oh, oh, mm, oh. oh. Oh, yeah. You know what that means. This is our special deal of the day. That's right. Every car in the lot is $1, but this special deal is 99 cents. Oh, my. And today's deal is a nondescript, unmarked white van with the words free candy crudely drawn onto the side of it. Hmm. I like candy. This is the exact car parents all over the country warn their young kids about. Mm Mm-hmm. Continue. Its roomy design is perfect for quick weekend trips into the woods, assuming you have your alibi airtight. It is. Oh, and I can't forget about this car's fresh scent. If you're wondering why you're so relaxed, that's because you're smelling a combo of a cedar air freshener and that rag of leftover chloroform. Mmm. Mmm. Chloroform, eh? <laughs> hey, Chris, why don't you take a walk with me over here? I'd love to. Because over here we have our 132 Saturn Ions available, all for $1. Okay, what's wrong with them? Nothing. They're just Saturns. Are they fact? And by they, I mean the stories. <laughs> or are they fiction? Let's find out. Story number one. This is called The Nightmare. This is the one about the gardening shears that were stuck and predicted to stick in the husband. Now, as a recap, Kyle, myself, Tiffany, we think this actually happened. Mm-hmm. Chris and Mark, you think this is a big old fiction. Mm-hmm. Let's find out what the truth is. If you guessed this one was based on fact, we played a trick on you. It never happened. Fiction. I don't need your stinking facts, because <laughs> I got my fictions. Oof, oof, oof. Good job, Chris and Mark. Let's go ahead on to The Stalker. This was the one about the compact, whatever the fuck that is, <laughs> that foretold an ex-husband coming back from jail. We all think this is fiction. All of us. I hope so. <laughs> it's going to be fact. Including Coin? Nope. Coin thinks the opposite. Let's find out what the truth is. If you thought this tale was fiction, we fooled you. Our research shows this happened to a family in the Washington, D.C. area in the early 80s. Fact. It's so obviously fact because... Well, it's hard because the first three stories all relate to the same kind of dream predictions and stuff. I have to say, I don't love the episodes that are theme-based because at that moment, we're just kind of voting, oh, of all these dream prediction stories, which ones do I believe? Right, right. I like it when it's a little more mixed up. Well, let's go ahead on to story number three. This is called... The dream car? What was it called? Impossible car dream. Come on, it's the impossible car dream. No, it's the impossible car dream. I've never heard of that. Never heard of that. It's a phrase. Well, it is about this kid who buys a car for a dollar, and then it turns out that it is his dad's boss's ex-wife who's selling it to get back at the boss who fired the dad. Mark, Chris, Kyle, you think this is fact. I don't know anymore. Tiffany, you and I believe this is fiction. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know anymore. Taxes rule. Let's find out what the truth is. What does our research show on this one? 
Absolutely nothing. We made ah, it. Of course. It's false. Oh. Fiction. The simple, kind of delicious ones are fiction. And the weird ones that don't make sense are that, fact. That's not going to trend. It's going to screw you over so Every much episode we find like a pattern yeah. and then it totally derails. Shouldn't we be getting better at this? Nope, apparently We not. haven't cracked the code I yet. mean, I got better, but... Jesus, yeah. <laughs> well, let's find out. Maybe we'll get better on story number four, which is called the mannequin the dresser no, no, the, dre- the dresser the dresser the dresser should be called the mannequins or i guess that's a spoiler maybe i know so no, the but... dresser this is the one about gerald who is this very i don't know he has an army of mannequins basically and they attack a man and how would this be true well let's find out mark you and i think this is fact <laughs> i don't know what we were thinking well if, if it, considering how the how this episode is playing out we sh- we should be we have a good chance if this I one is so. fact Jonathan Frakes should say, this is fact, and then say, I quit this fucking show. <laughs> I mean, and I'm going to quit this podcast if it's fact. Walk out, and just, we never see him. He doesn't reveal the fifth story. We don't see him <laughs> or hear from him again. We just hear those footsteps off, and then we just slowly in the background hear his car starting, <laughs> and then like turning the corner. <laughs> Kyle, Chris, Tiffany, you guys think this is fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. Did you think this one was based on reality? Not this time. Woo! Fiction. If I only had a compact to reflect the answers <laughs> into my eyeballs. All right, let's go on to story number five. This is called The Burial. The Burial. This is the one about the shrinking coffin. And the shrinking woman. And the shrinking love. <laughs> and the shrinking violet. And the shrinking... Illness. Guys, how does this one fit the theme of this week? Revenge... Um, dreams how <laughs> we all think this happened <laughs> better yeah and i think that this one falls under the historical story so it's fact h s s let's just let's just see so let's find out hss if that's my favorite ship Please stop. If aliens picked up this podcast and like we're reviewing it and, and listening to it, they would not understand our language. They could not decipher what we're trying <laughs> Why to Why are they listening here. to it? Are they like, should we subscribe? They know about the red-eyed creature. We must listen. We sent the red-eyed creature down to Earth to have red eyes and look like a security camera. We Why also did your aliens sound like JFK? <laughs> Let's, find, Let's find out. Speaking of... Let's find out what the chowder is. If you thought we made this story up, you're wrong. It's based on actual published stories about Robert E. Lee and his father, Light Horse Harry. Fact. Light Horse Harry. It's not about him and his father. It's about him and his mother. Nope. No, it's not. It's about the father. And the what father mother th- are you talking about? The talking father about? doesn't have a compact, so that's who it's about. Light Horse Harry. Light Horse Harry. Oh, man. Turns out the historical rule has a. Uh, Prevailed again. <laughs> Are you the horse having the rabies again? <laughs> you guys have neighbors, for God's sake. Um, well, okay, guys. Let's find out what the uh, episode stats are here. Looks like uh, on the low end, we have Kyle, Mark, and myself with two out of five. Rough week. It was a tough one. Uh, it was a tough one. Yeah, it's a far cry from how I started this season. But, you know, we're doing it. We're moving right along. Tiffany, you and Chris. Welcome to the 60%. 
It's nice here. I like it. <laughs> it feels good. It feels good. I think 60 is all you can hope for. Yeah. And if you get anything better, you're Mark. Well, uh, you know, or, not this, or you know or, who's better than uh, them today? Oh, no. Oh, my God. The coin got 100%. Whoa. Five Correct. out of five. Has that happened before? I, I don't think it has. I don't know. Maybe. Wow. Well, if it did, we blocked it from our memories. That's, yeah. a, that's I'm experiencing pretty it for the first impressive, time. actually. Ugh, I know. That's what makes it so The entire annoying. time I was writing it down, it was getting the opposite of me. And I was like, oh, this coin's going to do so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the season two statistics. I don't see the coin getting five correct in season two. Maybe it happened in one. I don't have those I don't, think it, I don't think it did. Yeah. That's wow. Nuts. So this is the first time that the coin has gotten. We can say this five. is so who, the revenge who? of the coin. Oh, maybe oh, the wow. coin dreamed it. It is 12.14 a.m. <laughs> when did we start recording? This show was not real time. Uh, thank you all for joining. One thirty <laughs> this afternoon. Yeah, we've been here for a while. <laughs> thank you they all for listening this week. What were you guys? They won't let us leave. <laughs> No, the door's been locked. We are about kind of the dolls. No, no one can leave. <laughs> I'm a southern man. Thank you all for listening. And until next week, this is beyond, uh, beyond belief. Oh no! I got a little weird. At the that end. was the horse. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by Five Friends Living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction, voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. All audio clips are strictly for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators. You can send us feedback, questions, or share your own story that is beyond belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com as well as find show notes and links to us on social media thanks for listening i have a fun jesse oh oh well, uh, Chris, why don't you go first, and then Mark, you can follow up. Mark, did you know that the horse's name was Chestnut? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't think it was important to mention, but I'm glad we you saved know it what? for now, the tag. <laughs> that would have changed my answer. Sure, it would. No, it wouldn't. Listen, he doesn't need your references or your severances. <laughs> you can't just put everything in here.